I just had a horrifying experience as I was about to uh, turn my mic on. I just realized it has been on, and I've been singing back there really, really loud. Please forgive me. Did you notice that? Praise God. Thank you. Wow, that's like the scariest thing that's ever happened. Hey, welcome, welcome today to Big Woods. Uh, what, a, what a gorgeous day. Let, let me tell you this. There, there are a lot of things right now that are vying for your attention. And you woke up this morning and you made the decision to come here to church to worship the God that we just sang about that moves mountains. Let me tell you this. You did the right thing, okay? Um, by all means, you can be assured the baseball fields and the walking trails and bike trails and the rivers to kayak will all be there this afternoon, okay? You're not missing anything. I checked the TV lineup. It's the same Sunday morning talk shows with the same bad news every single day. Uh, same Waltons and Little House on the Prairie reruns. You're not missing anything. Pa cries at the end, let me tell you that, Okay? <laughs> I checked the menu even, foxes, the banana uh, nut pancakes they serve for breakfast. You can order them all day long today. They informed me of that. I am excited about this day. Um, I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about why we gather. Uh, I'm excited about the gifts that exist within the body right here. I'm excited about what God is going to do through your faithfulness and through our aligning ourselves with his perfect will and aligning our lives according to his word. Uh, Before we go any further, uh, let's bow our heads together and ask God's blessing on our time this morning. Father, I, I thank you so much. We rejoice, Lord, that as we come before you, you are the one who moves mountains. We can't do that. You do, and and we praise your name. We praise your name, Lord. And I thank you that in our, in the condition of our own hearts and and our sin-bent nature, you see us and, and you love us through the work of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that as we meet today and as we, we trust you, as we take steps of faith forward, we just pray, Lord, our, our single prayers that you would be glorified. Your name would be magnified. The people in this community would know about Jesus and about the good news of the gospel. Father, I pray for this community that is ensnared in darkness and many in blindness. God, open their eyes. Use us however you see fit. Father, we just ask the word for guidance right now. In your name we pray all of these things. Amen and amen. It is, it is very clear our vision has been cast. Let me remind you that we exist to build relationships with people in this community, ultimately first and foremost, so that God is glorified. But in the relationships that we're building, that lives and families and ultimately the entire community that we we are a part of, is transformed. It becomes different through the gospel or through the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we have been praying, 
as we've been trusting God to move forward, for some reason it seems that when it comes to, to, to God's perfect will, there is almost a, a tension that exists. It's almost as if we are concerned about well, what is it specifically on knowing, determining, or deciphering God's will as if it is some kind of a, a secret coded thing. Let, let me tell you this morning, it is not like that. First and foremost, let me remind you of what the ultimate truth. We are reminded this morning, we know that God is sovereign. Within that word sovereign is that word reign. God reigns over everything. Understand this. His plans are set. Understand that his ways are sure. The die has already been cast. And we know that God clearly at this moment is not up in heaven, kind of kind of rubbing his head, like, oh no, this whole thing's not going the way. What's next? What do I do? It's not like that. Let me remind you of a couple of texts throughout the pages of Scripture. In Job chapter 37 and verse 16, it describes God with these three words. Job describes God as being perfect in knowledge. Think of that. God knows all things. Psalm 147 verse 5 It says that God is abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Did you see the stars last night? Did you see that sky? God named them and he knows them by name. Think of that. David says in Psalm 139, you you know when I sit down and you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my paths. You are acquainted with all of my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. David says, you know it all. First John, in chapter 3, and verse 20, it says this, God knows all things. Jesus Christ is speaking in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30 that not one sparrow, not one tiny little bird will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, he says, don't worry. Why? Are you not of more value than many sparrows? So what do we do with this? What do we do with this understanding, brothers and sisters, dear people, listen to this, knowing that God reigns over everything. He is completely in charge. What do we do? How do we exist? How do we move and think and work? Here's what we do. We are to pray that we do only what he desires for us to do and not what we want. That's how we exist. In fact, it says all the way through Scripture, as followers of Jesus, let me give you a hint here. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow Jesus. We're supposed to act like he acts, talk like he talks, praise like he prays. When Jesus prayed in Luke chapter 22, he says, Father, not my will, not what I want, but yours be done. Jesus taught his disciples and subsequently taught us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. James, the brother of Jesus, taught us to pray. What? If the Lord wills. 
we will live to do this or do that. You can be certain. God makes very clear we know what his will is. It's not us trying to figure out, like, this is some hard thing. What is God's will? This is God's will for, for, for us right here, for this community. God's will is that sinners come to repentance. We know that's what God's will is. God's will is that those people who live in our community who are running from God will turn and run toward God. We know that. We don't have to figure this out. God's will is that we share the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. God's will is that you... How how long has it been since you have verbalized the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, as some would think? Holy God, sinful man. What? The only way to be reconciled is through the Lord Jesus Christ. How long has it been? If you can't even think of that time, it's been too long. That's what God's will calls for us to do. We know that God's will calls for us, what? To love Him and love other people more than we love ourselves. And man, that is tough. That is hard. But we know that. We know that we are to pray for those in this community, that that those who are lost might be found, that those who are spiritually blinded might have eyes open. We are to pray that, that your neighbor, that those that you work alongside or ride the school bus with or sit in class, that their lives literally become transformed, changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that God's will is what? For you to go and to teach and to tell people. We know that God's will for us is to baptize and to make disciples. We know that God's will is for you and I to surrender every single day, to die to ourselves, to pursue holiness and righteousness in everything that we say and do. We know that God's will is for us to remain faithful, to pray and to work hard and to sing louds. We know that's what God calls us to do. Let me leave you with this. Is, is we know that God's... Will is, is very, very clear. Let me encourage you that we can pause and rest in that. We trust. And we trust what? There is such a joy that we don't have to, to fret. Or we don't have to worry or wonder. We rest. And we trust. And so as my brothers come in just a couple minutes and share with you our plans, we can plan all we want. Understand that. But ultimately, we know that we desire only what God desires. I was reading this week, and I've been reading actually over the past couple of weeks. I was reminded of that story in the Old Testament when, when the Israelites, they had wandered in the wilderness for years. And God finally allowed what? Joshua to lead them the last step across the Jordan. And God put those 12 men out front. There's a massive obstacle the Jordan was was flooded and it overflowed its banks that time of the year and God gave them instruction he said you step into that and I will make a way for you and I don't know about you but I've also been times asked how how did they know he talks about their feet actually got wet how did they know why is it that they didn't get swept away? Why is it that the Ark of the Covenant didn't just get just pulled down with the current? How'd they know? Let me tell you this. They didn't know. 
They trust it. What did they trust? They trusted that God was going to be good to his word. And that's what we need to remember. The gospel of Jesus Christ will always go forward. I, I delight in that. I rejoice in that. So as, as we, in a sense, set a tone for Thane and, and Eric to come, remember why we exist. Remember what we're doing here. Uh, it, is, it is neat and it is wonderful, but ultimately we seek to align our, our will with his, because ultimately his will is all that matters. Thane, why don't you come? Thank you. Okay. I, I first want to say thank you. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to be in front of you, uh, to work with the committee, Eric, uh, Scott Heckman, the elders, Bill Newman. Uh, but most of all, I want to thank you because uh, I had the best seat in the house, not because I'm standing up here, but I mean, I had the best seat in the house to watch this unfold. Uh, make me very clear. When you take a stance and you step out and you say, I want to transform my life, I want to transform the lives of others, I want to transform the community, make it very clear, uh, it is not going to be easy. It is not going to be. This is not, we're not sitting here talking about all the nice and wonderful things. I know personally and I know in a number of your lives and I know Clary clearly in this community every day, the pain, the hurt, the struggles. But what has been just such a joy and encouragement and just almost a driving strength for me is the testimonies that I hear from you and the way I see God working and the way I know the pain that people are going through. And I see this just peaceful strength that God is giving them. That's I have lost sleep over this, although I'm going to tell you that we're not supposed to lose sleep over it. But when I'm losing sleep over it, God just has continually brought one of you in front of me or had me run into somebody or I hear another story. And it just it just reminds me of what God is doing. And so I want us to be right out front with that, that again, one, it's happening, continue to have an an impact at the same token. Obviously, uh, you know, we have a lot of pains and hurts and struggles. Um, as we move forward, we sort of said, where were we last? And what's our job? Where are we at? Where, what did we tell you? And when we were in front of you the last time, we said that we'd have a series of parallel paths that kind of would be going on and would be working on. The vision, obviously, expanding on it, developing it, telling people where we're at. Again, I want to remind all of us, not in a uh, dramatic you know, pound on you, but the reality is that God has just whispered, Tim spoke it, he's whispered it to me, to many of us, is you know, what we're talking about has eternal significance. It's not, you know, we keep saying it, but let's remind ourselves, if we get to a building, it is a tool. It is a tool because what is, matters is eternity. We are going to do some investigating on facilities and update you on that. And then we're going to assess what our resources are and where we're at. So that's kind of where, we're, where we left you off the last time. So let me bring you up to speed. As it pertains to vision, I'm going to put some numbers out there in front of you. Uh, we've increased our average attendance uh, in each month uh, by 60. Last month, 80 new people. Over 300 people last month, you know, coming, coming into this body. Uh, first service attendance uh, up over 40 uh, so that we can uh, do this. I have to confess, I'm kind of a creature of habit. I'm a first service guy. I'm a morning person. Uh, 
one of my driving forces for why I want to be involved in all this. I want to worship, worship with everybody. Okay? I want to sing with you. I want to raise my hands with you. I want to know your hurts. I want to know your needs. And then the reality is, uh, my wife and I joke about it. We have to kind of come to second service sometimes to kind of, you know, change our patterns. That's not, that's great, but that's not what's on my heart. Okay? 24 new members, financial support's up, monthly giving's up, Sunday school attendance is up. So that's all great. That's all numbers. But what really I'm passionate about is what the depth and the passion that is represented in those lives. It's the hurts and it's the needs, but it's also at the same token skill sets and and just people that are just so neat. And then, and again, the encouragement that I've gotten is just, again, you know, the and any time I'd have anxiety about, you know, how's this going to fit in or how's that going to fit in, God has provided and brought those people. So, so you know, continue to put that out in front of us, the vision and the growth. Facilities, I want to remind you that when we sort of started this, none of that was sort of on our radar screen. We were going to investigate. We were going to see what's out there, what were our options. Uh, since then, a lot's happened. We've had... Uh, you know, meetings within the body, you're aware of kind of what's happening. So basically our offer's been accepted to buy the property on Hendricks Street. That offer was contingent upon the ability that we could do our investigations, make sure that we understood the initial inspections have been completed, environmental survey uh, is kind of coming to an end. Township meeting tomorrow night for the zoning change, and I'll update us a little further at the end of this on some specifics on that. Our land that we originally owned at the end of Castanilla is up for sale. There's been a few interested parties, but no firm offers. Uh, I want to give a testimony that I want to thank Art and Art Gray and Scott Heckman just to show you how the Lord brings the right people. They have worked tirelessly on this, but God provides the right skill set in the right way. They're going to the meetings. They're getting addendums to legal documents. They're doing the things that we need to do. And in all honesty, I may be the organizational guy that gets to pull all this together, but to be honest with you, I haven't had to worry at all on this. I read the emails. Things get done. And so I'm grateful for their, for their efforts. At the same token, I want to give a testimony. <laughs> As much as I've stood up there and the committee stood, put up there and say it's not about a building, this is where you get lost. And we've gotten lost at times. We've had moments. This is where this is the exciting stuff. This is the tough. Let's talk about that and everything. And the enemy wants us to all get bogged down. Eric and I have had, had moments where we've literally had to stop and pray and remind ourselves that we're not going to get bogged down in all about. Now, make no doubt about it, it's kind of the fun thing to maybe someday talk about what color the carpet's going to be or whatever like that. But that, to be honest, it isn't going to be what it's going to be about. We want a bigger space, if God desires, so that we can reach more people in this community, more passionately minister to each other. So I just, we want to update. It's exciting. I believe there's going to be a lot going to happen in this category. But I'm going to remind you, and I'm going to give you personal testimony. As much as I stood up here and said, don't get lost on that, you can get lost there. <laughs> okay? And Eric and I had one specific moment where we really did have to stop, pray, and just say, hey, we're not going to get bogged down on that. It's about what's going to happen if that happens. So, But exciting stuff there. Which then transitions me where I'm going to hand it off to Eric, and that's uh, feasibility and where we're headed next. Good morning. I, I am humbled to be up here today, uh, but so excited to tell you about what's going on here at Big Woods uh, as it relates to our next steps. Um, first, the story. 
uh, as we were preparing for feasibility study and eventually, or potentially, a campaign, we knew that we were going to have marketing needs. And uh, we talked to our marketing committee, led by Bill Newman, kind of identified all the great skill sets. Um, but one thing they said to us, if you're going to need a graphic designer, you're going to have to go out and find one. That's just not our skill set. So Faye and I started praying about that. And we started thinking, okay, how are we going to go about doing this? And I could go to Bloomsburg to my graphic designer and ask him, but he swamped, and he's not in this community. So about two weeks later, Corey and I were at the YMCA ball at the Durwachter Center here in Lock Haven. And I was in the dessert line, and I was picking up those wonderful little cheesecakes and those chocolate-covered strawberries. And as I was doing, I looked up, and I saw Carol Sillow and Steve Getz. Okay, well, who are these two people? Well, they run a design firm called Idea Factory. And this was a firm that I had worked with with Thane while I was at Lock Haven on a campaign. So I came home. I said something to Corey and said something to Thane. And I said, well, let's go ahead and meet with them. So we arranged a meeting, we, we sat down, and for about 20 minutes, Thane and I went on about all the great things going on at Big Woods. And if you knew Thane and I, we can get going pretty easy. And we talked about the vision, we talked about Pastor Tim, we talked about the elders. We talked about a potential for a new building, and we talked about the impact that's going on here in the Lock Haven community. Well, after we finally took a breath, Carol Silla looked up and she said, Big Woods. She said, let's celebrate recovery, isn't it? And we said, well, yes, it is. said, well, there is a lot of incredible things going on at your church. And I'll tell you what, I would love to get involved with this project. Well, it was then that Thane and I looked at each other, kind of winked, and said, well, we found our graphic designer. Now, that being said, I'm reminded by this verse that we still need to do things decently and in order. This was a verse given to me by Pastor Tim, and it's been very helpful because let's be honest, anytime you introduce business practices into a church environment, there's a little bit of that clash that goes on. So you've got to make sure that you do it well. And this verse has been very helpful, and there's one word here that is really important to me personally, and that's order. And order can mean a couple different things. It can be, mean doing things well and professionally, but it also can be, mean doing things sequentially. And I cannot think of a better example of doing things well and professionally than within a feasibility study. So let's talk a little bit about what a feasibility study is and from its root of feasible. Uh, there's a lot of definitions of this, especially in the business industry. So I did some research of looking what would pertain specifically to Big Woods, and I came up with three areas. The first one is a feasibility study looks at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and challenges facing us here at Big Woods. Love that, strengths and weaknesses. What are our strengths? How can we get better? Do we know the talents in our church? Do we know the skill sets? The second one was of feasibility looking at the analysis of a potential success of a proposed project. Is this project feasible? Is it the right project for us? If not, what do we need to look at? How do we need to change? The third component talks about us. You heard Thane mention passion. Do we have that passion here? Do we have the commitment and the organization? Are we all in this together? So that's a little bit about what a feasibility study is overall. Now let's take a look at what it may mean here at Big Woods. Now before I get to this, I just want to kind of frame the context here of what this might look like. And I'll get to this a little bit. But just to start, imagine yourself in a 45-minute conversation a confidential conversation, open dialogue, candid going back about our strengths and different aspects like that. 
So imagine that's the environment you're in. I'll come back to that in a minute. So when we take a look at the first one, we're looking at the health of a church. Are we doing what we should be doing? Are we following God's word in Lock Haven? How do we need to improve? Do we have the right ministries? And do we know the talents in our church? And I'll tell you, this is a favorite subject for me uh, because everyone I turn around, it seems like I'm seeing another talent, All right, whether it's in music, whether it's in the nursery, whether it's in the kitchen. We heard Matt preach a couple weeks ago, and I'm reminded of my, my own small group. Uh, Corey and I are fortunate to attend the Talbot small group. And Fred Ream, I don't know if you've met Fred yet, but Fred stepped out of his comfort zone and led our small group. Fred is an engineer. He's so methodical. He was always prepared, and he really spiritually spoke in to both Corey and my heart. And it was so appreciated, and it impacted our life. But again, another example of every time you turn around, there's a talent in this church, and we need to make sure that we're aware of those. The second thing when we want to accomplish within a feasibility study is looking at shared ownership of the vision. Are you part of it? Do you understand it? Are you living it? Those type of things, it's an assessment vehicle. And both those first two are very important as we're looking at assessing how we're doing as a church. Now, I will tell you that we are very blessed to have a pastor and elders who want our feedback, who are craving and saying, hey, how can we get better? I've heard Tim say that. What do people think? What do I need to do differently? You know, and, and I hear that a lot. And it makes me think about all the other organizations. If you're like me, I've been involved in so many organizations, and many of them never asked what I thought. It's just such a blessing that we here want to know how we're doing and how we might improve. The third component of what we look like to accomplish in this feasibility study is looking at the proposed project. You've heard the term tool. Is it the right project? And within this feasibility study, it will be a chance to learn a little more about that. The fourth component is to assess the interest and support of a proposed capital campaign. Now, I need to stop here for a second and remind you, it's not a foregone conclusion that we will go into a campaign, nor are we standing up here trying to conjole you into supporting a campaign. When we do these all the time, we look at it. If, if the congregation is not sharing the ownership and really want to move into a campaign, then that's time to pause. It's time to pray. It's a time to think, what is our next step? In this next slide, again, in an effort to kind of familiarize yourselves with a feasibility study, are just some example questions that will be asked. I'm, I'm not going to read them to you. I'm simply going to point out two. The first is under health, and you'll see where it says, do you feel fed and led? And this is something right from the mouth of our pastor that he always grapples with. Does the congregation feel fed? Do they feel led spiritually? And he's used the example often about the shepherd with the flock. And if nobody's following, there's, there's a problem there, right? So, again, back to that question. And the last one I want to call your attention to, it picks up on that campaign theme, and it's the last question, do we move forward with one? And this we require for us to take some steps into the unknown and maybe be some scary moments. But back to what Thane said is when we have to take comfort and trust in the Holy Spirit. So, as a quick review, what have we talked about? We've talked about God is leading us, uh, that we still need to do things in a decently in order way. We talked about what a feasibility study is, what it means at Big Woods, and what we want to accomplish. Now, let's take a look at who will conduct the feasibility study.
When Tim asked Thane and I to get involved with Vision 2020, it was an interesting moment because we sat back and said, well, yes, uh, we'd, we'd love to, but can you help us here? Uh, I've been involved with a lot of campaigns, never one in for a church, and I kind of felt to myself, got to get this one right. This one's for God, all right? So I'm, I'm thinking about that. Um, Thane and I said, Tim, is there someone we can talk to about what a feasibility study, what, what a campaign looks like? And he said, you need to go see Stan Smith. Well, we said, who's Stan Smith? He said, Stan is with Baptist Resource Network in Harrisburg. So Thane and I jumped in the car. We drove down to Harrisburg, and on the way, a funny conversation. We're thinking, do you think Tim really understood what we were looking for? And we kind of looked at each other and said, well, let's go hear him out. Maybe he'll be helpful. Well, Tim knew exactly what he was doing because we went down, we talked to, to Stan, and we found this godly, passionate man who had connections with Big Woods already, who was already saw Vision 2020, and just a wonderful man, and we were so inspired. So with that, let's meet Stan Smith. Hello, Big Woods family. My name is Stan Smith, and I work with the Baptist Convention of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. I've been a part of the Baptist family here in Pennsylvania since 1975 when I came to Allentown as a church planter. Uh, Pastor Tim and the elders of Big Woods have asked me to assist them in part of the implementation of Vision 2020. What an incredible honor and privilege. Uh, most of you don't know me, but I've followed Big Woods since its early days. I remember our staff gathering to celebrate and to pray for Big Woods as the church was birthed out of the ministry at Lock Haven. I've marveled at the growth in ministry of the church and the impact it's having in the Lock Haven community. Uh, Big Woods stands as one of the strongest churches in our convention, so I've been a fan for a number of years. But about two years ago, I caught the Big Woods fever. I had the privilege of having dinner with Pastor Tim and his wife, Wendy. I was captivated by his vision and passion for the Lord. I remember sharing with my wife, Linda, I really like that guy. A few months later, uh, he shared with me a copy of Vision 2020. Wow. You know, the purpose of a vision is to point you to your future. It's to lay a foundation for action. I've seen few, few church visions and strategies uh, as powerful and compelling as Vision 2020. In fact, our staff share a copy of your vision with other churches as an example of a clear, focused, and captivating vision. So when Bigwood's leadership, especially Eric and Thane, contacted me to discuss the implementation of part of Vision 2020, my immediate response was yes. My enthusiasm for Pastor Tim's vision and leadership was only accelerated by my conversation with Eric and Thane. What extraordinarily gifted men, and they are serving you well. You know, a real challenge for a church with exciting, forward-leaning vision and enthusiasm is to also have wise and dedicated counsel. You're blessed with the elders that serve you. At first, they just wanted to kind of learn from my experience and perspective, along with Dr. David Waltz, our executive director. But soon it emerged that the elders and Pastor Tim felt that I could provide a more focused assistance for Big Woods, along with the incredible work of Eric and Fane. So let me share some observations, and then a little bit about what's happening next. Uh, first, there's an incredible spirit here at Big Woods. Growth, unity, enthusiasm but it's seated deeply in a, in a commitment to living out the Christ life as revealed in Scripture. I've seen it in every relationship that I've encountered here. But Big Woods has, has outgrown its present space. The imprint of Big Woods' ministry in Lock Haven is being blessed over and over again 
Uh, people are responding to being drawn to what God is doing here. You have maximized your current space. But vision is not about a building. It's about people, uh, relationships with each other and with God. That's clear in Vision 2020. Repeatedly, the leadership have said the building is a tool. It is not the vision. It is only a tool. So what do we need to do? We need to first hear from God and then hear from the Big Woods family. I can testify of the spiritual journey of your leaders that's brought us to this point. You know, Jesus tells the story about a man building a tower. He says that no man who wants to build a tower starts without first counting the cost to see if he has what he needs to complete the project. With that strong scriptural admonition, Pastor Tim and the elders asked Eric and Thane and I to design a process, a feasibility study, to help Big Woods count the cost. Pastor Tim has been very clear. We make the journey together as Big Woods family. The vision of the future is a shared vision. It's owned by the Big Woods family. So what does this feasibility study look like? Beginning June the 23rd, I'll be spending six to seven days, mornings, afternoons, evenings, in dialogue with key leaders and as many of you as possible. Through these private one-on-one conversations, I'll be asking you to share about how you came to Big Woods. What one word would you use to describe Big Woods? What are your thoughts about Vision 2020? What are some key steps that, that you believe are important for moving forward with this vision? Why? Because Pastor Tim and the elders want and need your input. They need your perspective as they pray through the, the next steps in Vision 2020. We'll wrap up the dialogues in early July, and I'll provide the elders with a written summary of what I've heard and learned from you. These will be holy, inspiring, candid, exciting conversations. I'm looking forward to what we'll, we'll learn and share together. So what am, I, what am I asking of you today? Well, first pray for me. I'm really excited about what I see God doing in your midst. So pray that I'll be a good listener both to you and to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that I serve Pastor Tim and your elders well. Uh, second, please sign up for these dialogues. We're blocking out a major portion of time from June 23rd through the first week of July to have conversations with as many of you as possible. Pray for Pastor Tim and the elders as they continue to bring wisdom and leadership uh, to the implementation of Vision 2020. I look forward to talking with you in person soon. Stan is an amazing person, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. Well, we now know who's going to conduct the interviews. Let's talk about who's going to participate in them. And this was made very clear to Thane and I when we first started working with the elders that as many that can participate as possible, that everyone who would like to be engaged in the process would have that opportunity. Now, there's kind of two formats that we're going to look at. Stan just introduced the one, and that will be that conversation, that confidential dialogue that between the individual. And, and I'm going to use a term here. Please, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness because you've probably never been referred to as a unit before. But I'm going to say a unit meaning an individual or a couple, spouse, you know, husband and wife. So with that, what we'll look to do is a cross-representation. And we have identified 35 individuals throughout the church. Some are elders, deacons, ministry leaders, new members, attenders, new member attenders, mature members, youth, college, young adult, all the cross-representation of, uh, of our body uh, that makes up who we are. And again, we'll have these, these interviews. One will be a confidential interview, 
and then the other could be a focus group. And that would be 10 or 12 units, if you will, uh, taking part, same type of an open dialogue on how we at Big Woods can improve and all the different factors that we talked about. Now, the goal here, again, is to involve everyone that we can. We'll, we will ask for your patience. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is matching Stan's schedule and open slots with, with your schedule. Now, rest assured that after those interviews, after the feasibility study, there will be booklets available, and that booklet will be mailed to each participant beforehand so you can prepare. Don't worry, it's not, a, it's not as challenging a reading as uh, I'm going to Guatemala, and, and the book uh, that I was handed is that thick, all right? This, this won't be that thick, uh, but uh, it, it definitely will be helpful as you prepare. And that book will be made available to everyone in the lobby downstairs. And while I'm on downstairs, that's where the sign-up sheet will be. So anybody who would like to be involved uh, in the interview process, you can sign up. It's at the welcome area downstairs. So that's a little bit about who will participate and who will conduct the interview. I'm going to close here with next steps and, of course, our timeline. And if you look at this, uh, this was Thane's artwork, and it's incredible. It's, it's kind of how we keep the, the pieces together. And as you can see, there's a lot of moving parts. I'm going to highlight a few on the right side here, or the, I guess as you're looking at the left side. Uh, today is 6-1, right? and we're having the update on 6-6. A letter will go out from Tim inviting participants to take part in the feasibility study. On 6-9, calls will, to, will be made to schedule those interviews. On 619, that case, that booklet I just talked about, that will be mailed to all of the participants. As Stan indicated, the interviews and focus groups will take place from 623 to 73. Stan's findings will then go to the elders by 711. And the elders have set a target date of 716 to begin reviewing all of that information. Um, and then look at our next steps uh, and presenting that information, obviously, to the congregation. So that brings my part here to a close, and with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Thane. For me, I've asked them to leave this up here. You don't need to know any of all those things, but for me, this is kind of my testimony page. I'm a, for any of you that know me, I'm a pretty type A guy. You know, I've got to have everything lined up, have everything pretty intense, all that. So some people call it a gift. My wife sometimes calls it a frustration. Uh, but the reason why I put this all up here is there is so many moving pieces. So we've got all these moving pieces. We've got committees. We've got this. We've got that. But we've made one personal commitment to each other, and I'm here to give testimony that we have never had to violate this. And the personal commitment to each other is that if God is in this, there will be no suffering on any of the things that are important. So what's top on the list? Our marriages. Our kids. We joke about it, but we all have day jobs. Those day jobs pay the bills. Those day jobs involve some very important things. And so that any of this work, any of these meetings, any of these timings, any of these things will never violate any of those principles. I'll confess, I've lost some sleep over that because in my own human nature, that's impossible. And so there's been many nights where that's been frustrating. There's been nights where Eric and I have had to stop conversations because of that commitment to each other and saying, well, we must have crossed the line here because we're getting frustrated. And we stopped and we've prayed. Well, this timeline's gone through so many changes because I'll get all excited, I'll get it lined up, we'll have meetings, we'll have stands, whatever. And one of my loving brothers that I serve with 
will suddenly send me an email that, oh, I forgot to tell you about, you know, my 25th wedding anniversary or some really important event that obviously I can't have a meeting on. <laughs> and so we'll re-go back to the table and readjust it. And really what I want to just share is just how faithful God has been. Eric's going to Guatemala. I am going away to celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary next week. Tim's had stuff. Stan has gone away, different things, and it has always lined up. So when you're faced with those moments where you get up in the morning and you say, God, it can't line up, he can line it up. It is scary some days you don't know how to put your next foot in front of yourself. But God gives you the strength, just that quiet whisper that no one else. I came in here one Sunday, and then I'll kind of get us wrapped up. I came in here one Sunday in all honesty. Uh, one of our assignments is kind of to be like the spies that to go look at the land ahead. So we have to kind of be 10 miles ahead on some of these subjects. And I came in here one Sunday kind of reeling around a lot of different concerns or things in my type A brain. Sat down right over there. Service starts. I'll confess, I've known Matt and Misha and their kids as their doctor. I've known them as little. I've known, I had zero understanding of his skill set. And within 30 seconds or a minute of his preaching, God just whispered to me, you don't think I can provide the skill set that is necessary? You don't think I don't know what's going to happen? And I just relaxed and was ministered to. And it's just was such a quiet peace that God knows. You can't have the goal to transform a life and transform a community and have all the answers. We don't have a, but God does. At the same token, we're passionate about this. It matters. It is heaven and it is hell. And, and this matters. So I'm going to wrap up. Where did we end last time? I ended up last time with a challenge, and we gave you two challenges. Number one, what's your story? Do you know it? Are you ready to tell it? We're excited with Bill and the skill sets that we have with the marketing team, and they're going to unfold in the coming days, both through web page and Twitter and Facebook and things like that, a group of stories that you're going to see, three- to five-minute stories of people who are willing to step up and tell their story. What's their transformed lives? What's happening? That's putting it out there, but not only for our body, but for the whole community, for the World Wide Web to see. So let's be in prayer for that. It's exciting. Got an inside look on a few of those, and I can honestly say deep in my personal spiritual walk, I've already been ministered to just clicking on them to see what they look like and having just to sit there and have God talk to me. So we're excited about that, but we're also going to challenge you. Are you willing to tell your story? We ask you to pray. Tomorrow night, township meeting. Obviously, what we're up against is that basically the building that we presently bought isn't zoned to be a church. All things being done decently and in order, we have to obey the rules. The rule then would be to us to have a church in that building. The zoning has to change. Uh, I'm here to stand before you to say that uh, the Bible is filled with stories where sometimes things unfolded exactly like what they were supposed to. And sometimes they're filled with stories that have some twists and turns. But God is faithful through all that. So I believe in all honesty and have a great peace that... Uh, we're going to worship in a building over there at some point in time. Do I know what tomorrow's 
zoning change, what turns, twists and turns we're going to go through? I don't know that. So we're going to ask you all be in prayer and that that will be one more hurdle that we'll all be able to stand up and rejoice and see God's faithfulness. Uh, I'm going to ask you that you uh, pray for the elders and for Tim. Uh, we are blessed that they take it very, very seriously what their assignment is. And their assignment is not only the spiritual health of this church, the preaching of the word, but also they went and the Lord put on their heart this vision. And again, the enemy is alive and well. He does not want your life and my life to give this story. Because if we tell this story, then somebody else might catch the fire and somebody else catches the fire. So the enemy does not want that to happen. The enemy does not want Lock Haven to have just this supernatural change. He does not want to have it. But it's happening, <laughs> and we can't stop that. So continue to pray for them. They are doing an amazing job, you know, taking very seriously. And, again, there will be challenges coming. With that, I am going to turn it over to one of our elders, Matt, to close us. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Would you uh, stand with us, and I'm going to I'm going to pray, and then as you stand as we pray, and, and then uh, and then we'll close in song. Father God, I want to thank you for your amazing love for us, God, that you have a plan and a purpose 